Hey there, welcome to ATL and 29, a podcast where we look at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. My name is Kevin Chenard. I'm here with Glenn Willis. We're recording somewhere between the Hawks' second and third game. So we've seen the Hawks build up an 0-2 record after losing to the Knicks on Friday. Uh, Glenn, when when is the skid going to end? The Hawks have a couple of tough ones coming up soon. Yeah, I mean, it, I know for Hawks fans, it probably still feels a little scary, right? I mean, you know, Bucks, that's a tough one. Um, and then the Timberwolves offer a unique challenge. So, you know, um, but, you know, I've been trying to urge patience uh, on Twitter and elsewhere. Um, and some, most people, I think, are, are, are not want, are not interested <laughs> in that. They had high expectations for the season. And, the first two games hasn't met their expectations. Um, so, so yeah, it's I think I think for Hawks fans, it's kind of kind of a tough start, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh offense, defense, special teams. Where do we go? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, offense is still about shot making mostly, right? And I mean, I, I liked I like some of the stuff that you put out today kind of highlighting the five out stuff and how that's um, creating some different angles, some different uh, situations for Trey to deal with when he gets deep, doesn't have kind of the same outlet, the same options and things like that. So I thought that was, I thought that was good. So I, you know, I, I, I broke down, you know, a good chunk of the game today too. And I just feel like they're not, they just, they're still, they're still getting used to all the new stuff, you know? So on defense, you know, I, I mentioned, um, you know, they're they've been mostly a drop team for the most part. And when they've switched, they've been kind of a one through four switching team apart, you know, for for the most part. Uh, and that hasn't been a, a heavy go-to. And now they have both bigs at the level, you know, all the time now. And so the communication is not just backline communication, it's gotta be five people, five players communicating, staying connected, and that's not happening consistently at all right now. And so I feel like that's their issue on defense. It's just, you know, kind of getting used to the big being up and not having that one communicator behind everybody else calling plays, calling coverage, calling this, calling that, you know. And so they just they just look disconnected and they look like they're struggling to adapt to this new kind of requirement that everybody's got to communicate. And there's been there's breakdowns. Uh, you know, and for me, um, you know, the, the Charlotte didn't take advantage of that so much. I mean, we talked about that that being sort of a, a you know, PJ in the short role and Gordon Hayward doing kind of the stuff that he does and stuff. But I mean, the, the Knicks are, you know, you watch the Knicks play and they're not the most like overpowering kind of team and from like an athleticism standpoint and, you know, and all that. But man, they they execute at a high level. And if your defensive connectivity, your defensive rotation, your defensive whatever is off, they will pay. They will make you pay. And that's what that's what happened. In my view, that's what happened on defense. Now, in the second half, the Hawks tightened it up. And I think that's encouraging to see them kind of find their footing, uh, so to speak. Uh, you know, and they eliminated a lot of mistakes they're making the first half. But I still, I feel like this is still a work in progress on that end. What what are you seeing on that end? I think that that 
you know, defensively, the Knicks were good, just like you said. Like, I, you know, there was a, a stretch in the second quarter where it felt like literally every single play was just, we're going to run some action on the right and then swing it back, two passes up to the top, out to the left corner, and they were just relentless in doing that because that's where the Hawks were bringing help from. Right. And the Knicks are weird. They have so many lefties, like <laughs> – like swinging the ball left is like their forte because they're all lefties but um i just felt like the hawks didn't create enough havoc like they're they have to get better at situating themselves in the right places when they're going to play up because you you know if you if you let that first pass be an easy one when you've got two defenders up then there's just no point, right? Like it's not going to be, you know, you can still do the right things after that, but you're not going to get the payoff that you want to get out of that kind of scheme. If you're letting that first pass be an easy one by either bad positioning, not having your hands up, that sort of thing. And it just felt like they didn't create any havoc for New York uh, for their ball handlers. Like when, you know, when, when the big was up and there were sort of two people around the ball handler, it was just, it was just an easy pass. I think there were a lot of instances where, uh, you know, the, the guard defender was, have you know, just had kind of bad positioning and, and things like that. So I just, you know, it's going to be really hard to make that kind of scheme pay off, regardless of whether or not they figure out the whole rotating behind it. Like you said, it got a little better in the second half, but it just didn't have the same element of havoc that it did in the Charlotte game where, you know, despite the mistakes they made behind the pressure, at least the pressure was doing something. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean it's important to point out that when, when when the Hawks having the big at the level of the ball screen, they're not trapping, they're not blitzing, they're not they're not doing anything that is to that level of aggression, right? Yeah. What they're trying to do is stop the ball handler, right, yeah. from kind of getting where he wants to go, and then buying time for the guard uh, or the or the wing or whoever is defending you know, the ball handler to kind of get back in front, contain, contain the ball, and then the big recovers back to the, the other the, the other team's big man. And so, you know, the, the, the idea is not necessarily to kind of create a turnover, but it does feel like when I watch the team that the thing that may, may – I don't know, it would be interesting to see what you think. The thing that's missing is the ball pressure, right? I mean, and DJ was like – DJ was trying to create ball pressure on Brunson when he – before they switched off to Hunter – he was picking him up way up the floor, but the Knicks had counters, right? They they ran a couple of horns set. They got two bigs way up the floor to get, you know, Jalen the, the kind of the option that he needed up there. So, you know, this, I mean, this, this is a Knicks team that carried over a lot of continuity from last year to this year, but it, it does feel like, you know, if, if the, if the big is going to be at the level and you're going to get that kind of help that you should be able to generate more ball pressure. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, that that's it. Like, I just, I, I mean, I, I, I just, yeah, that, that, <laughs> there's really not a whole lot more to add to it. Just, yeah. you know, that, that first pass has to, has to be, you know, it, it has to be uncomfortable. Like, it has to be something where they're throwing it over arms, you know, if, if it, if they can, if they get that out too easily, you know, a book passing a ball is faster than people moving their feet, which is what the Hawks are going to have to do behind it. So they need to make that first pass slower or they're just going to have, you know, too, too much to deal with uh, to clean up after that. 
Yeah. And there and there are other mistakes too. Like there were a number of switches that were mismanaged. You know, one was switching, one player was switching, one player not. There's a time that I think it was Trey and they ran into each other. Yes, they, they did. Not switch. <laughs> um, there there were times when the defender won one away from the ball was not uh spaced correctly. Um there, you know. Um, I think that's then, something that DeJounte struggles with a little bit. I don't think yeah. like he's, he, you know, eventually I think this is going to be something that really plays to his strengths, but I think he's still finding his spacing a little bit. I think sometimes he gets, uh, he loses track of, you know, it, it's a constant battle because, you know, the, the offensive players aren't staying in one place. So the, there's, you know, yeah. it's a living, breathing thing on offense and the defense has to go with it. And I think sometimes he gets to a spot and he thinks this is the right spot. And then he kind of, loses that correctness of of where where he's positioned and then it gets gets away from him a little bit do you think part of that is that he wants to be disruptive and so just kind of doing the the simple discipline thing is is not so natural to him because i i feel like when he's kind of you know one 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 away kind of you know you know spacing towards the ball he's like looking for a chance to come like create a turnover you know as opposed to just kind of managing the space he's supposed to, to manage just that, that's that's where uh, uh, most of his defensive value in his career has been derived is by being a disruptor and creating turnovers and and sometimes i think a, a guy like that it's it's a little harder you know to just kind of play in a counter instinctive way and and do the simple thing better uh, that that's just something i'm curious about uh, in terms of like what he's maybe have to kind of fight through to, to get that part right yeah maybe but i mean I, I you know i think if he just makes the simple body movement that he'll he will be in position to to create more chaos than if he just kind of gets fixated with flat feet and and loses track and ends up you know three feet further over than he really wants to be yeah did you think they were better on offense in this game better on offense ah uh, i th- I mean, I, I think so. Like, it's still, it's still a little clunky with the starters. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think if you look on the whole, like, you know, a big problem, and not really anything like you get worried about. I don't think it's like something that's going to last a month. You know, Trey just missed a lot of layups on offense. Yeah. Like he, he yeah. just they were. You know, five, six, seven shots within six feet of the rim where he got a decent look and didn't didn't get him. Like he just missed a lot of them. So I, I mean, there those are good looks. Uh, I think if you show those looks to Quinn Snyder and said, "Is this a good shot that you wanted to create?" Like, yeah, I think it is. So, uh, you know, I think they did all right. Like uh, offensively, I thought the bench offense was was pretty good. I, you know, Hunter had a great game. Trey Trey was getting to spots and making good decisions by and large and, you know, just not making shots. So like, I, I don't think there was anything too problematic. I think the offense was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think, so. I think so too. I, I, I do think the, the, the different angles is something that Trey's still getting used to, you know, um, you know, Trey, Trey, like, I think if you, in his like most natural state, he wants to be in the middle with like shooter space, you know, out, you know, and that's just not the angles. That, that's not the spacing that they're working with right now. Um, there's just a whole, there's just a host of different angles that they're 
kind of implementing and and the the objective there is not just to be different the objective is to create more movement and more opportunity to attack on the second side more quickly um but where we saw like the Knicks, like that first pass was easy the hawks are not oftentimes that first pass is kind of like oh where should this go you know um and what's the angle there and like oh you know he's that's not where i'm used to seeing bogey or bay or or whoever it is you know what they ran last year was like super simple stuff and there's good and there's bad to that right it was trey knew where everyone was going to be when bay was in the weak side corner he was going to lift at just the right time and that was every single time now they're they're really mixing it up in terms of the way that they're spacing the four who they're putting where they're um they're kind of uh running stuff on one side of the floor that's intended to look like the primary stuff, but they're really creating, you know, a two-man action. So you'll see three players on the right side of the floor uh, kind of running, um, you know, like a, a pin down for Bogey, Bogey kind of lifting, and maybe it looks like they're going to kind of initiate a DHO after Bogey lifts, and it's a two-man on on the other on the left side of the floor. And what they're really trying to do is get to that two-man game. They did that a lot with Hunter and Capella in the first half yesterday so so they're they're running stuff on both sides of the floor at the same time and that's just a lot more moving parts than this offense has been used to the last few years like i said it's all it's just been tray in the middle middle pick and roll everybody's spaced right in two years you know when they had gallo and that squad that that was great you know when they had tony snell that was great you know all that sort of stuff and last year they you know didn't have the shooting and so it impacted tray spacing well, the big adjustment now is they're running stuff on both sides of the floor at the same time and that has to be, you know, synchronized and it has to be initiated with a very specific timing. And they're trying to stress both the defense on both sides so that they're kind of creating leverage there. And it's just more moving parts. And I think that's going to take some time. That's that's what I feel like I'm seeing. Do the Hawks have the connectors to make sort of a double side action work? especially I would say relative to like the starting lineup. Like if you're going to play Trey, DeJounte, Bay, Hunter, and Capella together, like how do you get from the one side to the other comfortably? Like, do they have enough ball handlers and ball movement for that? Like it felt like Hunter had a good game uh, connectivity wise, in addition to just doing other things while shooting and scoring and stuff. But like, I think he made some good reads, but, um, just by and large on the whole, do you think that's going to work? Yeah, it's it's not ideal, right? So, and and when they're running that, you know, stuff where they're running on two sides, it's way better with Bogey, right? It's <laughs> yeah, mu- much better that, with Bogey, right? Yeah. So, uh, and so that's that's an interesting thing to kind of kind of contemplate. But like for 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 Bay, like. Like Bay has been Bay is good attacking a closeout. Like he had a really nice uh closeout attack. I think it was Hart that went at him and he, you know, that's when he created that that pass to DeAndre with DeAndre cut right down the middle of the lane. And so that was good. But like Bay with his back to the basket has been terrible. Um, you know, Bay in the middle of the floor, the few times we've seen that has been kind of ugly. You know, so I think I think I think. I think the stuff they're asking Bay to do is just kind of kind of different from his spot up, you know, effectiveness that he had. And will will they kind of settle back towards some of the stuff that kind of works better for them? But like I I thought I think Clint in two games, you know, his best 
area of offense has been kind of running the DHO on the second side with like Hunter, right? When the ball rotated to him, he's a great rescreener. You know, he understands DHO angles because he did a million of those with, you know, James Harden before every, before he ever showed up in Atlanta. Um, and even though he doesn't have the best hand, if it, it, you know, and you don't want him to like, oh, if he missed the DHO, if the defense is physical with the guard or the wing, and that player can't get it to Clint, now you're in trouble for sure, right? That asking him to kind of ad lib and kind of create something when that first thing is there. But he and Hunter got got that every single time they wanted it. And Clint is, I mean, I, the best rescreener I've ever seen, you know. And that helps a guy like Hunter who has, you know, a mediocre kind of handle at best. And that, that helped him a lot. And so helps I, you get I, to I your like, right if you go left and you don't like it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you, he gives that pocket right back to you. So if the if the defense is aggressive, it takes that first angle away. He rescreens, and boom, you got that pocket right there. And Hunter used that pocket like multiple times, uh, you know, in, in the game last night. So I like Hunter and Capella together in that action. Right now, mm-hmm. you now if they're facing a super aggressive defense that really gets up on you, that's I feel a little bit more concerned about a hunter capella kind of trying to execute that right because if they take the the thing they're trying to do away those aren't the guys that you would be your first choice to kind of create right uh mm-hmm. in that that kind of situation so i i thought i thought that since it was good um but i mean i mean bay was really rough in the in the next game you know and you know apart from kind of a few plays but i just feel like i just feel like i feel like it's gonna click I feel like they have enough offensive talent. I know Hawks fans want to know, like, when is Jalen going to start? And, you know, when are we going to see more AJ and all that? I just feel like, you know, if I'm kind of trying to figure out where I think Quinn's head is, this isn't, I'm not basing this on anything he's said that I know of, but I think he's just trying to get his group to kind of settle in to this stuff that they're doing. And the stuff that they're running. And I, you know, after two games for Hawks fans to be like, well, the obvious solution is to start Jalen, right? I mean, we should probably take a few minutes to talk about, you know, what what do we think of the way Jalen's being used and stuff like that. But I think offensively he's gonna come. Trey's one of the best offensive players in the league. Like he's on a short list of like if you want to put him in the top 10, top 15, top eight, whatever, whatever. You know, I don't really care what number you go with. And so I don't really worry about Trey. Um it's it's hard to watch him miss these shots that are so easy, but you know there in the fourth quarter he created some you know great opportunities for Clint. But you know I mean they probably wouldn't. I don't know. It feels like they if Clint connects on the two that he missed in the fourth quarter, that they probably win that game. Like that those are big momentum plays that they right. missed. You yep. know and yet set your defense, all that sort of stuff. So Trey's creation has been there in both games hundred percent. You know, he's not making shots that you're used to seeing him knock down. But, I mean, I trust him to to make shots. I'm not really worried about that. You know, last year, it was a spacing issue. This year with Bay and Bogey, you know, feeling good entering the season and and all of that, I, I feel like Trey's, the spacing's not going to be an issue now. It's just the angles. But, you know, I, I feel like they're going to get there. Like, could they start 0-4? Would that be crazy, given where they are right now? No. Would that be, is that where they want to be? No, but I, but I, you know, you'd rather be like, oh, we're two and two and, and we're still working on our stuff, our new stuff, you know? So, um, so, it, I mean, I understand the anxiety for Hawks fans kind of, kind of for where it is, but 
I also watched this team play and just like, man, it's, it's a lot of new stuff and it's going to take some time. And hopefully they can win enough games while they're sorting all of that out um, that they kind of keep themselves in the middle, you know, and then, you know, once they kind of start clicking uh, with the new stuff, then hopefully they start getting some wins. But it's, you know, it, those are two frustrating losses to watch for Hawks fans for sure. Uh, anything else you want to talk about here relative to the Hawks? Like, what, what do we need to say about what they're doing rotation-wise? Like, which players are playing? Uh, you know, how is the bench meshing? Like, how is how is it different for when, you know, those young players are out there, AJ and uh, Jalen and Onyeka? Yeah, I mean, I just, I feel like, um, I feel like there's just more fluidity um, I mean, those players have more of the, the kind of the connecting skills than the than some of the players in starting unit. Um, I think the players on starting unit are the guys that should give you some of those guys should be the ones that give you best chance on defense, you know, depending on matchups and all that sort of stuff in NBA. I mean, and I'll 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 say this over and over and over. Like NBA coaches typically base their starting lineups, even if they have like a center that's only gonna play like 15 minutes in the game. And I think about when like Zaza was starting for Golden State. What the NBA coaches want is to get the defense established first. It's the number one priority in the first three or four minutes of the game is to get the defense established. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, that's probably where Quinn's head is on kind of what, what he wants to go with here, you know, and that sort of stuff. And and so it's 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 interesting, but um, but yeah, I mean, so I I do think just that second group has a little bit more natural. Uh, like a skill set that just naturally meshes more than the starters on offense. You know, uh, they move the ball well. Uh, even a, con- a Kongu, like even in two games, has been much better choosing his screening angles. He's he's had a couple times where he's rescreened. Um, and, you know, Jalen, I mean, it's funny because before the season started, basically when I saw in the preseason, I was like, man, Jay, the 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 – the advanced stuff in this new offensive scheme is not clicking for Jalen yet. And like the, I mean, even two games, he's shown so much more than he did in the, did in the preseason. He's it's, it's like, he realizes like that this guy can't keep me off the rim. It's like, it's like he realizes like this guy can't really keep me from getting to where I want to go. And it's, it's kind of, kind of, kind of shocking uh, to kind of see that. Uh, yeah, I thought that would maybe be a 20 game process or, you know, whatever number, you know, and, you know, when he finds uh, a defender in front of him that has no chance, he like it's only been four or five times, I think. But boom, he goes, you know, and that's that's a really big deal, you know, for this Hawks teams in terms of kind of kind of where they're going. Um, but, you know, for me, it's like, I mean, I, I'll, I'll punt it to you. Like uh, there are a lot of Hawks fans saying not starting Jalen is the wrong thing. And. And then there are some fans saying a Kongwu's role needs to be different than what it is right now. What? How do you when you see things like that? What 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 thoughts do you have? Uh, maybe starting with a tangent here first. I okay. I don't feel like we've seen the the best of Clint yet, mm-hmm. because and I think this was true of like maybe every single person that set foot on the floor for the last eight minutes of, of yesterday's game, like 
they all looked gassed. Like it was, it was a pretty ugly game. The last half or last two thirds of the fourth quarter, it was just not as well played as, as the minutes before, because I think so many of these players, you know, they didn't get that kind of run in the preseason and Clint in particular, I think, you know, it's going to take him a while to ramp up. He didn't play the heavy minutes in the preseason. He had at least one game off. Like, I think he's still finding his legs a little bit. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it's, you know, it makes sense. The coaches want to establish their defense in the first few minutes. They're going to play their bigger center, your your defensive rebounder, that kind of thing. At the same time, the, the funny thing about all, like literally everything, like all the stuff you were saying today about, the double-sided action, all the things that they're doing on defense. It all feels like stuff that is designed for for something, you know, down the line where Jalen and Onyeka have bigger roles. Like, it feels like they're coaching for the future maybe more than they are coaching for the right now. Now, the, the rotation isn't maybe, you know, a rotation for the future. It's more of a rotation for the right now. But just like stylistically, what they're doing with Quinn feels like they're looking a year ahead, two years ahead to who's still going to be on the roster when uh, set, you know, various uh, luxury taxes get ducked. Um, <laughs> so, like, you know, I, I think that the things that Quinn are doing are, you know, it's really going to be well tailored to a, a more mature Jalen and a, and an Anyeka Akongwu uh, presence later on down the line. Just you know, when when they're playing more with Trey, like I think it's gonna it's gonna look really good in those situations. But they're they're a growing pain. So, you know, I I get why you play Clint. I I, I still think that you know I want to play Jalen and Onyeka together as much as possible. So if Clint is mm-hmm. starting for the you know all the normal reasons that a Clint would would start, I, I'm okay with with bringing Jalen off the bench. Um. But like, you know, in a game last like last night, like when you when you ask Sadiq to do things in the post where you're not really even a lot of the time asking him to be a scorer in the post, you're asking him to just sort of, hey, we're going to we're going to put it in the post here. And then once you see the defense react, it's to play off of that, like that kind of stuff, like it's not Sadiq's strength. And for for someone like Jalen, like that's going to be a whole lot better. So if you, I, I have no problem with Jalen coming off the bench, but uh, I, I, I think there are opportunities to play Jalen more uh, that yeah, are out yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you, I think you kind of started to touch on this, a sneaky part of that whole Jalen building for Jalen and Yucca is the way Trey's minutes are managed now to get him off about halfway through the first quarter, the yep. quarter get him back with about two minutes left and have him run with that unit from the last two minutes of the third quarter and going into the fourth quarter. So that's building not just Anyaka and Jalen, it's Trey plus those two, a lot of bogey in there, you know. Um, and then, you know, you wonder, like, if, if if over time we'll start seeing a little bit more time for AJ kind of in the mix there too. But that does seem to be kind of, Kind of, kind of what they're setting up for, and and those units are have been the like for just a raw plus minus or whatever, however you want to measure it. That, that's been the best group, you know. Yep. Uh, so far, which which kind of makes sense. They ha- they have the natural skills that fit in more of what you know 
they're where they're steering during their offense. So it, it is interesting uh to watch, you know. Um as we and, know, and like to, the last... to just stop you one time more time, because yeah. like, I didn't really say it, but like to me, I still think that the the right rotation thing in the near future might be to get you know more bogey minutes with Clint yeah. and, and maybe more DeJounte minutes with some of those young guys. I, I think that might be you know a, a way to to balance the skill sets with the two units a little better. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when, when DeJounte is being really aggressive with the ball, like, if he and, like, Jalen and Kongwu can, like, run together, you know, I mean, there there's some, you know, I, you know, it, it feels like it takes just a little bit more kind of time maybe for DeJounte to kind of find that rhythm with a group, you know, uh, I mean, but, I mean, Trey is a, a savant, you know, creating, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, DeJounte knows what he's good at. He wants to get to the nail. He wants to get to the middle. He wants to get to that pull up. He's awesome at it, you know, and that, that, but, but there's, I think there's going to be kind of a, a demand that he balance that off with, you know, just kind of making the easy pass, you know, when that's there too, you know? And so I, I, you know, I continue to think that what I'm watching Desante do is, is try to do things that are, are at this point in time, still kind of counter instinctive. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, bottom line for me is like, this is still a good team. You know, they're doing a lot of different stuff. Um, they've faced two teams that brought, you know, coaching continuity into this season. Um, and, you know, in terms of what, you know, Trey's kind of shooting results, I mean, it's kind of funny if I ask you, like, you know, Mr. Robinson and and then Mark Williams, like, they're two, like, they're two of the toughest bigs to deal with in drop coverage. Absolutely. You know? They really can move and take up space and kind of affect the ball handler and still get, you know. So that's been a kind of a, a tough start. Things don't get really any easier with Brooke Lopez here coming up, right? And then really compare, you know. So, uh, you know, it's been a – I feel like, you know, it's, it's going to be fascinating to see, you know, uh, how um, much the Hawks feel like they have to lean on their three-point shooting with, you know, coming up against Brooke Lopez and Giannis. And, and Portis is, you know, effective, you know, in that kind of – Space two, not to the same level, obviously, and then you got Gobert. Um, so you know the perimeter shooting feels like these next two games, the perimeter shooting is going to have a big impact on whether they get a, a win or two here. Um, but you know, I remember um, kind of maybe if we can if we can focus on this Bucks game when we were talking about the one preseason game where Clinton and Yucca played together. Um, you know. And we we talked about like the Bucks maybe being a matchup where that might be something Quinn wants to do when Lopez and Giannis are on together. Wasn't it Bruno what though? It, yeah, I mean it was, but it felt like it was kind of setting up for that. Right? Okay, yeah, because we I don't still don't think we've seen that much of it with with Clint yeah. and Yeka. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like the goal was to give Anyeka some run at the four. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it was Bruno in that case. Do do you do you think we'll see that at all? Uh, in, in the Bucks game, do you think when Lopez and Giannis are on together that, that we might see any of that? I mean, it was such a weird situation because it was, it was I think it was a no Bay, no Clint situation. Yeah. And so there really wasn't a, a whole lot of ways for the Hawks to beef up their size for a huge Pelicans team because, you know, they were missing two of their 
bigger bigs. Yep. And, you know, it's hard to know, was, was that situational just because it, it was that dire or do you, you know, do you see it some against the bigger teams? Uh, it, it's, it's possible. Uh, you know, if, if somebody gets in foul trouble, it wouldn't shock me to see a Bruno on Yucca lineup. Like if, yep. if against one of those groups, like Clint gets two fouls early. How do you, where do you go next? Like I could see Bruno playing. Uh, and that kind of set up with Anyeka to, to give them some size and rebounding. Um, so I, I I don't think it's necessarily we're going to see something like out of the gate. I think Anyeka is going to be the backup five and probably, you know, come in when Clint goes out. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's a contingency that they could go to. I don't think it's going to be the main game plan, but, it, you know, yeah. I think it's a contingency. Uh, and, and, you know, we'll, we'll see it. I think if, if something happens uh, to Clint, like if there's a foul trouble or if he, you know, bumps knees for a few minutes or something like it, I, I think we could see some of it, but I don't know about Clint on Yenyeka. I just, I, I don't know how that works minutes wise, unless you, you know, you, you do play another big, like then you, then you're going to be playing Bruno at center later. I think so. I, I don't think they're going to do it, but um yeah, yeah. I think it's a, a safe backup plan that if if something happens. Yeah, it, it feels unlikely to me too. You know, um, but at the same time, like you know, one of I mean, one of the impacts of these first two games that we've seen is, you know, JC being a guy that spent time at the five. We talked about this the last time we recorded, getting reps depending on the pick and roll, right? And then like. So, but what, like, if Clint's on Brooke Lopez, like, or do they switch off? Like, do they put a four on Lopez and put Clint on Giannis? You know, if Giannis is technically playing the four, but Dame and Giannis are running, you know, heavy one, four, you know, pick and roll, which they haven't really done yet. You know, um, it feels like that's going to come. I don't know how quickly, um, but like, is Bay going to like deal with Giannis, you know, short roll and all that sort of stuff that feels not great. Right, <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, Hunter, uh, you know, I, I mean, Nate it does feel like use... a game where you could see more Jalen. Like I was saying, like, yeah. you know, are there ways to get Jalen more minutes? Well, this definitely feels like a game where you can get Jalen more minutes. You know, he he's the literally, I think he's the best on the team at closing out. Uh, yeah. You know, he, he, he so, you know, it, when when you see him as sort of that weak side help defender, when he's got to deal with, you know being ready to react down low, but also get out to the corner. Like he gets some amazing closeouts. Like yeah. I think he, you know, of anybody on the team, if you're going to want him defending like a one, four pick and pop or something like that, like he's, he's in a good spot for that. If, if it's Lopez, like, I don't know. I, I think it's a situation where we could see more Jalen Johnson than anything else. I think. I think that sounds right. I think that's smart. Um, you expect Hunter to be on Dane to start the game or are they going to try a DJ first? You think? Or Trey? I don't know. Won't be Trey. Um, <laughs> I think it'll be DJ, but you know, I don't know who will get the you know who will get the bigger amount of minutes over the course of the entire game. But maybe to start, I think we'll see Dejounte. That sounds right to me too. Yeah, I think Quinn's trying to let Dejounte kind of step into a role that the team needs him to to be in. You know, and that's that's being better than he was last year. 
depending on ball and strike. Now, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say that. It's not like I'm like being super critical of, of Dejounte, you know. Right. Um, and this this, this scheme a, plays to his strengths, is in you know, they're does. they're putting him in a better spot to to be that player. So yeah, yeah, and 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 that's the thing is like I think Quinn knows like he's better defending on ball than like one away from the ball. At least right now, you know, he's, he's he can be he's really disruptive, you know. Um, and so yeah, I mean, this team is this. I don't know. It feels like this team is probably I don't know five games away from like maybe really kind of settling in, you know, which is, I know that's not what Hawks fans want to hear, but that's, this, this happens, you know, this, this is big, big, a big, big change. And so, you know, big, big picture. I think they're, I think they're doing the right things. I think Jalen's getting a lot of time, even if he's coming off the bench and people aren't happy about that. Some people, um, but big picture, I, I, I still feel like I like what I see. I, I like what they're emphasizing. I like the, um, the way they're kind of shifting towards uh, um, things that work for the the young kind of up and up and coming young guys, and I, I think that all in the big picture that all makes sense. It, it may not set them up for you know having the best record through the first ten that you'd want, you know. But I think big picture, I still still feel really good about the plan. Yep. All right. So uh, we'll see some games pot again soon, and I guess we could just say good night, Bob. Yeah, good night, Bob.